Well, the first round of the NCAA tournament is in the books. I'm Pete Mundo. He's Matthew Postens. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Although we are more than just weekly because of the NCAA tournament and the Big 12 going six and one in its first round games. But boy, it sure feels like it should have been seven and oh. I don't want to look mm-hmm. back too much, Matthew, but I've got to start with this Texas Longhorns disaster in the first round losing as a three seed to 14 seed Abilene Christian what the heck happened there for the Longhorns coming off of a big 12 tournament win a really solid season under Shaka Smart and there's no other way to put it I mean they crapped the bed here in the first round yeah it's it's the worst loss I've seen a big 12 team take this year and we all know upsets happen in the NCAA tournament that's why we love it Mm -hmm. except when it happens to our team. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly what happened to Texas fans last night. Look, I had the luxury of seeing Abilene Christian play because they play in my alma mater's conference, Stephen F. Austin. They both play in the Southland. They're both moving to the WAC next year. So I'm a little familiar with Abilene Christian. You don't have to watch a lot of tape to know they play stifling man-to-man defense, but they're not a terribly good shooting team. And that's exactly what bore out against Texas. They forced a season-high 22 turnovers on Texas. They actually averaged creating 20 turnovers a game. But Texas shot well in this game. They rebounded well. They did everything well in this game except possess the ball. And that just that completely screwed everything up for them because there were times in this game where they were dribbling the ball, and I'm certain they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know who they were going to pass it to. And when you have three experienced guards like Courtney Ramey, Andrew Jones, and Matt Coleman third all of whom are capable of handling the ball and running the point and running an offense. That's just inexcusable. Yeah. It's, it's going to be one of those losses where, and I hate this for Shaka because he's built up so much goodwill this year. Finally, with this program, this is the best team he's had since he's been there. They got up to number four in the country. They finally quieted the whole is Shaka on the hot seat or not question. First time I've covered this conference in four years where I haven't gotten that question from anybody on the radio is Shaka smart in the hot seat. Yeah. Well, guess what? The the heat got turned up a little bit. So you think you think night. he's on the hot seat even after the way the whole season went? Well, you know what? I thought Tom Herman was okay in Texas even after that season, and look what happened. Really? So, I I think Shaka probably has a better chance of surviving this and coaching another year than Tom Herman did. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: they've gone to the NCAA tournament four times. They've lost four games. Every one of those losses has been just really weird. Let's just be honest with you. Yeah. But they were a three seed in this game. They should have won this game. They played poorly. Some of it was coaching. If I'm Chris Del Conte, I'm thinking to myself, this is almost an inexcusable loss. Yeah, no, I I agree. It was an excusable. I just wonder what that goodwill is. And I do wonder too, with Texas, I mean, we know that football is treated differently than basketball. Mm -hmm. Does that maybe save Shaka smart? I'm not sure on his contract, what his buyout is, but I got to believe that, uh, that should play some some role here when you compare how the fan bases view these two programs, right? I think it could play some role, but remember, Texas is getting ready to move into a new building. Uh, True, getting ready to move into their new arena, uh, and you know you don't you want to make sure that arena is full because you've yeah. got a, a whole season where uh, the Superdrum or the Irwin Center down in Austin was not full for obvious reasons for COVID. So yeah, you, if you know, we don't have a mask mandate anymore in Texas. So it's basically the wild west. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to want to have all of their fans in the Moody center next year. And are they going to come if it's just going to be quote unquote, the same old Texas. Good point. Good point. Well, let's look ahead because there are still six big 12 teams getting ready for second round action. Uh, the, the Sunday slate here, 
I just want to give you my, uh, the game that I'm most intrigued by, and I'm biased in this. Um, people that listen to this show know that I have Big East ties going to Villanova. I am thrilled and can't wait to watch Jim Beheim, Bob Huggins, old school Big East, Syracuse, West Virginia. And there's probably no one I despise more in the sport than Jim Beheim. So I cannot wait to hopefully see Bob Huggins just whip up on uh, the Syracuse Orange. So I'm excited for that one for, for bias reasons there with the old Big East feel. Which game are you most intrigued by here on Sunday for the Big 12? Uh, I'll, I'll take that one because it's, it's going to be a contrast. Um, we all know Jim Beheim loves to play that 2-3 zone. Yep. And that's a really good defense to play against West Virginia because they're so perimeter-oriented now. Zones had that tendency to slow the game down and force you to take threes or long twos when you really don't want to. So I'm going to be interested to see how Bob Huggins handles the two three. He's got a lot of experience with it, obviously, having played Syracuse in the past. So it's about getting his guards to drive into the paint, kind of loosen the zone up. It's about trying to get Derek Cole, you know, established down low. And even Gabe Osavoyan, who's not a great offensive player by any means, but he's a good passer. And you've got to respect him when he has the ball down at the paint. So you, you can see them play a lot of inside-outside today, uh, trying to loosen that zone up. For both of these teams, they have defensive problems in terms of a player on the other side of the floor. Buddy Beheim, Jim's son, has been playing some great basketball the last two or three weeks. Um, he put up a, a huge game again in the first round. I think he's been averaging about 22, 23 points a game the last half dozen games. So he's in a real groove right now. Miles McBride just scored 30 points in their first round game. He, he had a, a huge night for them. So you, it could really end up being a battle between those two guys to see who wins this game. But I've got West Virginia winning because I just kind of feel like they're going to match up a little bit better with Syracuse. I think that they showed me signs in their first round game against Moorhead State that the defense is starting to get back into back to where it needs to be. And I really think this could be the game where Sean McNeil goes off and has like 18, 20 points in his three or four three-pointers right in a row. And when he does that, West Virginia is really hard to beat. Well, let's go to the other game that, that to me is second on this list. We'll talk about all of them. But uh, Texas Tech-Arkansas, you know, old Southwest Conference showdown. Obviously, you've got some ties there similar to the way West Virginia-Syracuse have a history. Uh, the, of course, Tech-Arkansas one goes, goes much further back. But that, along with the contrasting styles of these two teams, look at this game with us, Matthew, here. Texas Tech taking on Arkansas in the second round. What do the Red Raiders have to do uh, to pull off this win? They're going to have to slow down Moses Moody and they're going to have to slow down Justin Smith. Moses Moody is a guy who's gotten a lot of play all year because he's kind of the SEC's version of Cade Cunningham, mm -hmm. big time freshman, might leave school after this year. He's had a great year. In fact, he had a, a really good game when they played each other in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which Oklahoma State won. But Justin Smith is the other guy you've got to have an eye on too. He had a really good game in their first round uh, matchup in this tournament. Uh, you know, he had he had 29 points and 13 rebounds in that first round game. To put that in perspective, no Arkansas players done that since Carlos Williamson on that 1994 national championship team. Wow. So he went out and just balled out. So these two guys are the guys that tech are going to have to slow down. Uh, if they slow these two guys down, they've got a good chance of winning the game for Arkansas. Obviously they're going to put a lot of pressure on Mac McClung because McClung had a nice game in, in their first round win over Utah state in looking at tech, you know, they, they shot better in that game against Utah state, 
but they still need a couple of guys to step up and be a little bit more consistent offensively. And I think that guy's going to be Terrence Shannon Jr. today. Uh, he had a kind of an off and on game against Utah State, had a couple of big shots late. I think that momentum is going to carry him into um, the second round game. I think he may be adjusting to being back in the starting lineup too, because uh, Chris Beard moved him back into the starting lineup in the Big 12 tournament. And sometimes when you've been playing as a bench player for a month and a half, like Shannon was before that tournament, sometimes it takes you a little time to adjust to being a starter again. I think he's just about there. And I think he's the guy that can have the big game for Tech today. I think because of their defense and because there are a few teams in the SEC that play defense like Texas Tech, Missouri being one of them, I think Tech has a good chance of winning today. Take a moment out here quickly to remind you about our friends at mybookie.ag, where with the promo code BIG12, that is BIG12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus when you use our promo code at mybookie.ag. They also have the NCAA Tournament Bracket Challenge that is going on right now. So be sure to check them out at mybookie.ag. They're a great supporter of the site. They do great work, and we appreciate them uh, being partnered with us throughout the NCAA tournament so mybookie.ag or mybookie.com and use our promo code big 12 we've got still a bunch of games here in the big 12 left to be played six teams in the second round and uh, i'm placing all my bets there so far so good haven't blown through it all yet so mybookie.ag promo code big 12 that is our promo code it's a great way to help out the site the first game of the day uh, in the Big 12, Wisconsin-Baylor. Now, most people in their brackets, Matthew, probably had UNC beating Wisconsin. UNC had had a pretty hot hand. And then uh, there were probably quite a few people who, if they were looking for an upset, might have taken the hot hand in US in a UNC over a Baylor team that, you know, has had some COVID pauses and kind of slowed down down the home stretch. So uh, that's not what we've got. Baylor's taken on Wisconsin, Big 12, Big 10 matchup. What is the key in this game? Well, I think for Baylor, it's going to be about uh, establishing themselves early offensively, getting a lead, playing good defense, doing the kinds of things we've seen Baylor do all year. You know, Wisconsin came into the tournament. They weren't on a good run. They had lost five games out of their final six. Granted, all five of those games were to rank teams. But, you know, Wisconsin hasn't had a lot of luck against ranked teams since they beat Minnesota on December 31st. So they've got experience. But, you know, I think if Baylor is just able to play their game, play the way they've played all year, play good defense, you know, put Wisconsin on the defensive early in this game, I think that's going to put them on the path to moving to the Sweet 16. All right, Matthew, last game on Sunday. Then we've got two on uh, Monday I want to dive into here over the next few minutes. 12-seed Oregon State pulling off the 12-5 upset. It happens all the time. They're taking on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Cowboys, you know, the more I, I saw throughout people's brackets, a lot of people have the Cowboys going pretty far as kind of that maybe sleeper team, although, you know, we've watched this team play and how hot they've been the last couple of weeks. Cade Cunningham, this young Cowboys team, uh, they continue to impress, it seems like, every every game. They beat Liberty pretty convincingly here the other night. What needs to happen here for this young squad to reach a Sweet 16, which – you know, Oklahoma State hasn't done in, I want to say, it's 17 years now. It's been a long time. And, you know, the way they played in their first round game, I was really impressed. You know, they, yeah. they, there were some matchup issues that they had to deal with. They worked through them. Uh, Isaac likely came back into the starting lineup. He played well. Uh, they got great work from Avery Anderson. Basically, the team that we saw in the Big 12 tournament and the weeks leading up to that is the one that showed up. And that was one thing I was worried about with Oklahoma State, you know, them being so young 
are we going to get that team that we've seen play the last month? And that's exactly what we got. So that's a really good sign going into this game on Sunday. Another really good sign is that Oregon State's a really good matchup for them. I had uh, the opportunity to watch them in the Pac-12 championship game because the Big 12 championship game bled right into that game. And I'm the rare person that actually enjoys listening to Bill Walton call a game because it's just so loopy and off the wall that I, I just think it's fun. that 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 may be a fireable <laughs> offense here, Matthew. I, 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 I cannot get on board with that. But anyway, continue. Anyway, but um, but Oregon State's a, a, a really good team. They play good half court defense. They've they've got a couple of very nice offensive players. Ethan Thompson's the guy to watch for them. Uh, he's had some really good games for them lately. And they're kind of like Oklahoma State in that they got hot at the end of the year. They're not as good talent-wise, but they had a really good run at the end of the Pac-12 uh, regular season. They had a good run through the Pac-12 tournament. They got a couple of breaks not having to play certain teams. Uh, but uh, Oklahoma State has the talent and the mentality to beat this team. I think for Oklahoma State, it's really just about making sure that you know the guys around Cade Cunningham keep playing the way they're playing. Get Caleb Boone going. He didn't have a good game uh, in their first-round game. Get him going. That's going to help them on the inside because Oregon State does have a little more height than they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Monday, Matthew. Oklahoma Gonzaga. The simplest way to phrase this question: Does Oklahoma have a chance? They do because it's the NCAA tournament. Okay. All right. All right. I, I like the answer and the reasoning. Most importantly. Yeah, and here's the thing: Oklahoma can win this game if they shoot. Uh, uh, as well as they've shot all season. They need to shoot like 50 from the field, 40 from the three, 80 or 90 from the free throw line, keep it under 10 turnovers. They're not going to win the rebounding battle because Gonzaga's too good inside. But if they can do those things, they can at least stay in that game till the very end. They got to win. They got to play the perfect game, you're saying, because Gonzaga's a 15-point favorite in this one. Yeah, they, they've got to play as close to perfection as they can. They can't make a lot of mistakes. You, you look at this Gonzaga team, there's a reason they're number one in the country. They're just so good at all five yeah. of those starting positions. I mean, Jalen Suggs, he's, he's, we talk about him as this highly tattered freshman like Cade Cunningham. He's maybe the fourth best player on that team. That's how wow. good they are. Jeez, that's unbelievable. The last game uh, for the Big 12 is the last game on Monday night. It is KU and USC, a 3-6 matchup. And it's actually interesting here. The Jayhawks are an underdog as the higher seeded team, or I should say the lower seeded team as the three seed versus USC, the six seed surprise there, or, you know, is, is, is Vegas on the something that maybe you're on to after watching KU struggle a little bit on Saturday? Well, I don't know a whole lot about gambling, but I do know that when there's a possibility that a starter might be out of a game, you know, Vegas tweaks the line a little bit. And we still don't know if Jalen Wilson's going to be able to play on Monday or not for Kansas. And that's a big, I'm, I have a feeling that's a big piece of the reason why, Kansas yeah. might be an underdog in this game. Um, if Jalen Wilson shows up in Indianapolis today, my guess is that he'll be able to play tomorrow like David McCormick was able to. And David McCormick had a great game, given that he was just coming off of COVID protocols for Kansas against Eastern Washington. This is going to be a much different team they play in USC. They're a ranked team. They've got a seven-footer, Nevin Mobley, a freshman who, like Cade Cunningham, might very well be moving on to the NBA after this tournament is over. Uh, that's going to create a different matchup issue for them because this will be the rare player that's actually taller than David McCormick. Uh, Mobley's very athletic. Uh, Mobile, you know, gets to the glass well, uh, capable of putting up a double-double every night. So that could end up being the matchup you want to watch early in this game. But I would imagine both Mobley and Thompson could end up getting into foul trouble in this game. 
And then it becomes about the guards. And that's where Kansas might have a bit of an advantage because between Abaji, Braun, um, you know, and, and the rest of their guards, you know, Marcus Garrett had a really good offensive game against Eastern Washington, which they don't always get. If their guards play well and David McCormick can just kind of hold serve with Evan Mobley, then they've got a good chance of winning. But it's not a given at this point. This is probably not the matchup that they wanted uh, going into the second round. This is why I said their road was a, a little more tricky once they got out of the first round. Yeah. Uh, USC is just a, a, a team. I think this is this is not the team I think that Kansas was hoping, was hoping we'd get out of that uh, first round game with uh, Drake. All right, Matthew, I'm going to say four Big 12 teams in the Sweet 16. I'll say Baylor, West Virginia. Uh, I will take then Oklahoma State. And I'll, I'll, I'll stick with KU. I think they find a way. I, I could see Texas Tech losing Arkansas, and I think OU has a lot of trouble with Gonzaga. How many Big 12 teams are going on, and who are they? Uh, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you three. Um, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. Not Baylor? Not, oh, I'm sorry, Baylor. Sorry, four. Yeah. Okay, four. I'm sorry. Uh, that would have been that would have been big calling it's, for the upset here over the one is, seed it is 8 58 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is early on a sunday we're bringing these to you guys early on a sunday so you have the whole day sunday to get this uh caught up on the previews and matthew's been burning the midnight oil with these uh, uh late game hits here on the website so be sure to check it out at heartlandcollegesports.com matthew great stuff we'll do it again during the week before the sweet 16 all right thanks pete all right, this, of course, only on the podcast and only on YouTube, so be sure to leave us a rating and a review on the podcast. If you haven't yet, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. And, of course, we've got our friends at mybookie.ag, where the promo code BIG12 gets you free money right now. You don't have to unlock it. They just throw it in your account when you use our promo code BIG12, BIG12, at mybookie.ag. Enjoy those second-round games, and we'll be back with you for a Sweet 16 and Elite 8 preview later in the week right here on heartlandcollegesports.com.